Welcome to What Is It All For, a podcast designed to help you grow your online business and pursue a spacious, satisfying life at the same time. We're your hosts, Jason and Caroline Zook, and we run Wandering Aimfully, an unboring business coaching program. Every week, we bring you advice and conversations to return you to your most intentional self and to help you examine every aspect of your life and business by asking, what is it all for? Thanks for listening, and now let's get into the show. And I'm here too. (laughs) Hello, welcome to the podcast. That's how I kind of feel like our brains are going to be throughout this episode. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a big... Because there's so much we want to share. This, this is a... Uh, well, also, amazing timing of this episode when yeah, you were doing the, lo- the prep you? for this. As this episode is being published today on November 9th, yeah. I looked back at my photos. When we arrived in Portugal last year... This is the day year, we arrived. It was November 9th, 2022. So... As of today that you're listening to this, we have been living in Portugal for exactly one year. Jason loves like I a, love a, a, an ex- clean a clean moment. We call it a clean cal- butt moment in our house because <laughs> uh, you just like to have a clean butt. A tight, tidy calendar. Yeah. Uh, this feels very nice to have that like clean uh, one year in Portugal. Very truthful. Uh, we're also not recording that far away from Norma Night, so it's pretty close. But excited to share a lot of different things with you all. So this is going to be more of a life episode here. Yes. A little bit less on the business side. Although Almost, I bet we could probably talk a little bit of business things in here of just like how we, our work. It's not in the notes, bro. No, I know. But we, you know, we love straying from the notes. <laughs> so we're going to talk to you uh, about uh, kind of the house and neighborhood where we live, admin stuff, what's it like to move to a new country, the healthcare system, learning the language, making friends, because that's very hard as adults, food, shopping, the biggest differences we've found from the U.S., and then our overall pros and cons. Along For us with, personally. Yeah, along with what maybe made this more difficult, what made it less difficult, and then our favorite parts to round things out and what we're looking forward to in the future living here. So if you find any of that interesting, keep listening. And if you don't, uh, I highly recommend 60 he- Songs That Define the 90s. It's a great podcast. <laughs> Six- or uh, How Did This Get Made? Another one of my favorite podcasts. So yeah. you can just click off of we this one. We haven't listened to a 60 Songs in a while. We should. You haven't. Where, when you've been listening to those without me? Uh, while I'm cooking, no, while I'm walking. No, you always walking. listen to How Did This Get Made when you're cooking. That's a lot. Well, I do listen to that a lot. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. but sometimes I pepper it in. I feel like you've been podcast cheating on me. <laughs> a little bit. This is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing that happens okay. in couples. We have a, when it comes to podcasting, we have an open relationship. We you really can, do, yeah. You can do that. That's uh, okay. Netflix shows, maybe a no, little bit tighter in the relationship. No, that's more just strict monogamy with, <laughs> yeah, with the yeah. Netflix. Hey, can I watch one of these episodes? How dare you even ask <laughs> How me? How dare you? Yeah, do not cheat <laughs> and watch an episode. Okay, so I uh, want to share a whole episode of here of what the move has been like. Yes. For those of you that maybe you're just clicking into this or like a friend sent it to For you. For the first time. Just a quick background on us. Oh, great. Uh, we met in Florida. Mm-hmm. You grew up there. You were born there. I kind of lived all over the U.S., but I've been there, was there from 2000. Uh, I went to college there. We lived there until 2015. We got together in 2010. We decided to move and uproot our lives to California, basically on like a a, a whim. A whim. Uh, We moved to California. We lived in the San Diego area for multiple uh, different places around San Diego. And then we moved here to Portugal after traveling in Europe for a year in 2022. We lived here in Portugal for a full year. And now we consider this our full-time home and we plan on being here indefinitely. That was, just, that was a pretty good recap. I think it did a pretty good job. Absolutely. There might so, even be people who have listened to our podcast for a while like, 
I didn't even know some of those things. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I think that is important context because um, the fact that we have one sort of substantial move under our belts, yeah. big life change. Yeah. I do think that was helpful in making this big decision to move countries. We had already moved states like across the country. Yeah. I think that was a good little kind of baby step towards where what we're doing now. Um, also, just like spoiler alert mm, go ahead. <laughs> for this entire episode, if you're wondering, like, how do you like it after living here for one year? The answer is it's been the best year. It has been the best year of our lives. The happiest year, yeah. which feels, you know, just we want to be truthful. Like, it feels kind of weird sometimes to be like, I'm so happy, especially yeah. when there's terrible things happening in the world. Yeah. But we're just also trying to be truthful with you. If you're wondering, it was a big, especially for me personally, this was a big leap. This was a big leap of courage, a big leap of faith of going, I'm changing everything about my life. Jason was like pretty much on board. He's a, he's more adventurous than I am. I would say I'm a pretty, I'm not like bungee jumping adventurous, but exactly. I'm like life decision change. adventurous. Yes, you're yeah. definitely more life decision change adventurous. And I would say I'm not unadventurous, but I compared to you, I'm all, again, we talk about this often. You are the accelerator. I'm the brakes. Mm. And so for sure, I was hesitant about making this life decision. And one year later, I can say to my former self, wow, I am so glad that you just took the leap and you led with So you're courage. saying I should mash the accelerator more. That's oh what I'm hearing. Boy. That's the feedback I'm no, getting. No, what I'm saying is... Mash, mash, mash. Our, mash, mash, What mash. I'm saying is we entered into this big change with an appropriate amount of brakes. Yeah. And an appropriate amount of accelerator. I think you're right. Uh, also, if you want to go back a year in our podcast uh, uh, episode list, there are a couple episodes when we talked about, oh my gosh, are we moving to Portugal? And like, what are our thoughts? What are our feelings? And we shared kind of where you were on that scale and how we that changed. We should totally go back and listen to so that. So we can, we can go back and have our own listening party. But uh, if you, the listener, are like, oh, I don't really know a lot about this like Portugal decision. Like, what did it feel like at the beginning? go back a year in our podcast and you can actually hear us talk about like what we were feeling then. And I also feel like you could be listening to this podcast and know that you'll never move. But I still think listening to people who have made a big change in their lives might be helpful and valuable because you might be considering a big career change, a yeah. big shift in your business, a decision as it relates to relationships, like all of these big moments in our life where we feel like, these two distinct paths are in front of us. Do I do A or do I do B? I think we're all confronted with do those times. Do you accelerate or do you break? <laughs> oh, how does that feel? You, like you're less excited about that. Do I do A, accelerate, or do oh, I do B, C? See? I knew you didn't get there I as didn't quickly get as there. I did. You just have to but it loop felt me back good in. Once you like realize. I do love that. I know you do. Um, the other thing that I was going to mention here: should we start a podcast reacts, like where we react to our own previous podcast? <laughs> okay, I think that's new levels of, of narcissism. Like, yeah. uh, I also wanted to mention. So you you kind of felt like it was a big leap of faith. You were you know scared to do, take the leap, but you were glad you made it. I felt like moving to Portugal and just Europe in general really confirmed all the hopes and dreams that I had of just a simpler, calmer, slower pace of life. Mm -hmm. And I think that for anybody who lives in the U.S. and the majority of people who listen to this podcast live in the U.S., although, US, although we do have a good portion of people who don't, um, I think many of you maybe know that things are fast-paced, stressful, there's a lot going on, but it's what you're used to. Mm -hmm. And now that we're out of that for two years, I can just tell you from stepping out of that, 
it's not, I don't look at it as a bad thing. I just look as like, I personally wanted a slower, calmer pace of life. Right. And this has absolutely done that for me. And it has broken a lot of my tendencies of like, I got to get to this place early. I, we got to be efficient. I got to do these things. Like that was very ingrained in me for 40 years of living in the U S mm-hmm. and now I've moved to Portugal and like things are just slower and like people close their businesses in the middle of the day because they just want to take a break or they have mm-hmm. a family thing they want to do. And yeah, in the U S I remembered that would like really piss me off basically. Like mm-hmm. it would truthfully, it would make me angry. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, good for them. I'm glad they're taking off. Like this is why we moved here. Just have a slower pace of life. Yeah. It definitely shifts your perspective immensely. And we'll talk about some of the differences just that we've noticed between our cultures, the United States culture and the Portuguese culture later on in the episode. Um, yeah. And it's, we're not those people who are going to bash the U S like we grew up there. There's so many positive things about it. However, stepping out of it, you do see it from a different lens where you go, Oh, I didn't even realize that stress was in the air until I kind of freed myself of it um and vice versa there that is not to say that there aren't things in the portuguese culture where it's not like stress doesn't exist here like it's not some utopia it's like a very realistic view but definitely less hustle and bustle if you don't like roundabouts you're not gonna like living here (laughs) yeah okay so let's get into our categories here just to discuss some topics of now that we've been here for a year so starting with um, our place where we live. So our house and also our neighborhood. So we, um, rent, we did not buy a house. That was important to us. Also, I know some people who just buy a place in Portugal, so like sight unseen and just well, come over here, especially with the golden visa program. That was a very attractive way that they, I just can't ever believe buying a yeah. house without seeing it or living in the country. But anyway, so we were renting, we found, we just really lucked out on finding a rental home in a neighborhood so this is a neighborhood there's not like a it's not like a gated neighborhood Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely its own little sort of community community and it's a little bit tucked away um, and we are walking distance from the beach and how many homes would you say there are in this neighborhood I think there are like 40 or 50 homes so let's call it 40 or 50 homes just to give you a picture and I will say that one of my hesitations about that in moving to a neighborhood was I think what probably a lot of people think about that is okay you're you're moving to this new country you want to experience all the the culture of that country you want to immerse yourself why are you going to go live in like basically like a little enclave of mostly expats Mm -hmm. because basically everyone in our community I mean all you know it's majority expats not Portuguese natives and um So my hesitation in moving here, even though we loved the place and we actually didn't find many other rentals at the time when we were moving. Mm -hmm. So I I was like, I'm I'm glad that I like this place. We didn't really have another choice. But my hesitation was, am I going to move to this country and feel like I'm totally shut off from the culture? And I will say that has not been the case. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, there are definitely parts about it that are a bubble. I'm not going to lie. But in the best way to me, because the part that I didn't foresee is that we would plug into this like really beautiful community, very multicultural community um, and get to know a lot of our neighbors. I think the truth of the matter too is we, we all live in bubbles everywhere. Right. So it's like even back in the U.S., like we still lived in our own bubble. We still saw the same people, did the same. Like it's right. You create a bubble everywhere because it's what comf- it's what's comfortable for life. Right. And I think here, you know, when you're looking to move to a different country or even a different state or whatever, you're thinking like, oh, well, I, I want to change, you know, from what, where I was and what I was doing. But it's like, yeah, but having a bubble is kind of good for a lot of reasons uh, because it makes things a lot easier when you're moving it's, here. It's like this little village. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. to equate it to like, you know, it, it, eras past i can imagine 
you get some of the same social dynamics as living in a small village yeah, for sure. because you know your neighbors, you are doing activities together, um, you form these like social bonds together and that part has been so gratifying to me. Maybe those of you listening are like, yeah, that's exact. like we live in a neighborhood that that is totally normal for Jason and I, especially moving from Florida. Like we weren't friends, really didn't have any friends in our neighborhood in Florida. Then we moved to California. We had like an immediate circle, but certainly not our neighbors. We always kind of felt like these transplants, especially because we were moving every one to two years, even in the San Diego area, we were moving to different places around there. So we never really got to know our neighbors. Um, And there wasn't a natural place to do that. Like, I think especially when you don't have kids, when you're just sort of single and you're not making an effort to go to community events and things like that, these were also the most active years of our business. So we were very much staying at home, working on the business um, and just kind of keeping to ourselves. And something happens when I think you move countries, you are in so much more of a, I need to have social connections mindset that you put yourself out more. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, our neighbor that we've only met a couple of times, we went to dinner with once, I think maybe twice. Um, I went over and let their cat out when they were traveling. Yeah, it's those uh, little I things. I baked bread for one of our other neighbors. Uh, one of our neighbors brought you a gift from their travels. From Peru. Every, he was like, I was in Peru yeah, and I saw this I saw and this I thought, thought of, of you. you. Yeah. Uh, every, almost every week we've been going over to someone else's house in the neighborhood neighborhood and like kind of have like a host and dinner and we play games like there we, we never have lived in a place that has done those things and I think little things like it's that community feel of like it takes a village where I know you have a surgery coming up and I was thinking to myself like okay like I can't believe we live in a place where people would so happily be like oh yeah, do you we, need groceries we, like well, do we, you need we also probably have five people in this neighborhood that we could ask to help yeah if we moved here and didn't live in like a community like this we would have really no one to help that we would feel that close to, you know, I mean, maybe there'd be someone that we'd run into, but I think the other thing that I was going to mention when you're talking about like kind of living in the villages and like feeling like you're maybe not living in the culture or the country that we moved to, our home is in this community and like the people that we've met are in this community, but four minutes down the road where the grocery stores are and where like our restaurants and then a pharmacia, like that is in the local Portuguese town. Exactly. That everyone speaks Portuguese and we are the foreigners. And so it's like, we have to go there for everything. So yeah. we do get immersed in it and we do learn the local businesses and the people and we become friendly with those people. And, and so it's even if you live in like one of these little smaller communities that are like planned and different and they're mm-hmm. not the old architecture that's been here for hundreds of years, you're still getting into the community, which I love because you get the modernity of a home and like a place that's like thought through and like there's communal spaces. And then you drive into town and it's like, oh, now I'm going into this town that's been here for totally. a long time. That's what I was going to say is, yes, you have the benefits of living in a bubble, but you're not so isolated that you're never interacting with people, uh, Portuguese native people in the community. And I think that's also a benefit. So we're comparing our lifestyle here to basically suburban America, which is different than living in cities where you do have a little bit more walkable and you have maybe, you know, the lo- local shop owners and things like that. But if you live in like a suburban uh, area of the United States, you're taking your car everywhere. You're shopping at big box stores. You don't really form relationships with like small shop owners. Mm -hmm. And so that is the, so I think I had that mindset when I was thinking about living in a community is like, Oh, I'll never have any reason to interact with anyone outside of the community. And that couldn't be further from the truth. That's what I love about living in a small town is 
exactly what you described you don't go drive to a big box store you just go into town and you like you go to the pharmacy you go to the shop for glasses you everything is very shop small yeah 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 <laughs> um that's and the so only I love option that. actually exactly is shop and small. i will say another the last thing on this point for moving to a neighborhood it that was so nice was the day that we moved in november yeah. 9th of last year our internet was already set up our water was already on our electricity was working and so when you moved to the country and we had we didn't speak a lick of portuguese from the beginning having all of that sort of turnkey setup i will say was very nice and went a long way to reducing the anxiety not like even yeah, not even do we not speak the language. You also don't know the companies to call to set things exactly. up. Exactly. Like when we moved from Florida to California, I remember it being stressful getting the internet, electricity, and water because I was like, what companies do I call? JEA? Yeah, like no. which one am I choosing? <laughs> That's, That's a very one. Florida uh, <laughs> small town reference. But uh, yeah, I think my pro tip here is that you don't have to live life on hard mode, especially when you're making a huge life decision if you're moving to another country as an example and maybe opt for something that might have some of these built-in conveniences. And then if you're only going to be there for a year, like if you're like us and you're renting, you have the ability to move somewhere else if you've figured things out and you don't have to hit the ground with like all these things piled on top of you that you have to do. Like yes. just try and make it easier for yourself. And I'm so glad that we did that because again, like you said, we showed up, everything was turned on, everything was set up, everything was built into our rent and like it just made life so much easier for us. We could focus on all the other things we had to do. Yeah, and I do want to say a caveat for this entire episode is I also recognize that a lot of these moments where we chose convenience, you know, some of that comes with financial privilege, right? Yeah. Because you're not going to have those options, you know, if you if maybe finances are tighter. And we definitely understand that. You know, we had reached a point in our lives where our businesses were doing well. It's not like we were moving here right out of college or something like that. So we had a little bit more financial leverage to be able to use that financial leverage to choose some of the convenience. So I just want to point that out. We're very aware of that. Um, but, and of course, all those things that you just mentioned, you could do your research and yeah, you, would, and, and you also, would figure it out. Yeah. If you're, However, yeah, I was going to say, if you're moving to a country and like, let's say you're um, looking to rent and, you know, here the Zillow of Portugal is called Idilista. And let's say you're looking at places and you're contacting, you know, agents, those people can become your points of contact to find those things. Exactly. You don't have to move into a community where it's all set up for you. We didn't even know it was all set up for us. So yeah. I just assumed we were going to have to do it. Yet I found out once we got, I was like, oh, it's already taken care of. This is amazing. What a nice thing to have. Yes. And I think the big kind of transferable thing that you mentioned there that is across the board is just you can enter into this big change in life with some intentionality around allowing yourself to choose the convenient e and yeah. easy in certain aspects. You don't have to make it so hard on yourself when it's already going to be a big change. Exactly. Granted, if you want that challenge, more power to you. But we were very... Uh, clear from the get-go that we knew it would be difficult in some ways and we just didn't want to make it more difficult than ourselves. Let's move into the next category, admin stuff. This is a nice segue because we did just touch on some of the admin stuff, like the water and the whatever. But I just thought this was a category because I'm not going to lie, moving it's, countries it's is a, a, lot. It's a it's a whole other part-time job. Yeah, exactly. When we moved from Florida to California, we didn't have to get a visa. Uh, we didn't have to sign any papers that we had to translate in Google Translate. Like, no. we didn't have to do any of those no. things. You no. know, the, it's very easy. Didn't have to change our tax scheme. But I will say, overall, like, we'll talk about a couple of the things. Overall, it is a good amount of things to do, but it's also not so overwhelming that it is impossible. And I, and I think that's the thing that I would tell anyone who's about to do this is embrace the fact that it's going to be a lot of to dos, but also know that many of other people, many of people, 
Many people have also done this and you can learn from how they've done it, which is exactly what we did. So like our residency cards is a perfect example. We had the D7 application, which is the short-term visa that you have to get first. Then we had to go back to the US. We had to do a bunch of things for that. We had to get our CEF appointment once you get the D7 visa. Then we had to get our residency card picked up. So all in all, it's a lot of different steps. There's a lot of papers you're filling out. There's a lot of things you don't know. You're looking up a lot of stuff. It took us 13 total months to get our residency cards in hand. And that's a long time and it's a lot of work. But I will say it also was not so overwhelming and stressful that entire time that it felt like, oh, I would never do this again. No, you take it step by step. That's my biggest piece of advice. Try not to get overwhelmed. And this was another place where we said, okay, let's use a little bit of financial leverage here to buy a course from people who have done it before. And that was a good investment because it saves you the time of researching every piece of it of your own journey and just yeah. following the steps that someone else has laid out for you. Exactly. And you, there are services that help you get your tax number when you're first getting set up or help you set up your first bank account. If you're not here in person to do that, you can do it online. You know, those things, they're not that expensive in the grand scheme of things. And they are nice to be able to do, um, do when you're far away. And again, yes, that is a privilege to do that, but you can also plan for that you know so if you're gonna make a move like this maybe instead of doing it six months from now you do it 12 months from now and for those six months gap you save up a little bit to be able to buffer in and pay for some of these things and you absolutely just kind of plan for you plan for it for sure yeah so just all the to-dos so the big things were like banking getting setting setting up with banking what do you do for healthcare, insurance taxes phone stuff i mean there's a lot of categories that you when you are in the country that you're born in you sort of take for granted and mm -hmm. you just go like oh this, this is just adulting yeah and it's like oh this is this is next, this is next, next level. level adulting yeah. well and again like you you we choose the difficult parts of that process and then we choose the parts that are easier and and so like one example is like our phone plan I could have I did research for a while on like okay switching our plans to a, a Portuguese plan blah blah and I just decided let's just stay with our US T-Mobile plan that has international data our phones are going to be on Wi-Fi most of the time anyway because we're home most of the time and then we're just going to get a Portuguese phone from a local Vodafone store that's just a pay as you go so we'll have a Portuguese phone number that we can put in different things online when we need our a Portuguese phone number for for different things and that has worked out fine now next year maybe we want to figure out a combination of combining to have a Portuguese phone plan to make it easier. But also is I wrote down, like, is the juice going to be worth the squeeze for right. me to like think through all that? And like, it's not even a money savings thing at that point, because it's probably going to cost about the same in the data usage. Like those things are pretty similar across the board. So it really boils down to every one of these admin decisions, just going, should I just make it easier on myself and just like continue to use X, which will still work right. instead of like, thinking I have to change over to Y, which doesn't even really matter. So yeah, it's a lot of those little decisions. Uh, and yeah. I think that you, what I tried to do, especially for this first year was not tackle them all because you don't have to tackle them. all. Exactly. And what I wanted to say too, is it's funny looking back now that we've been here for a year and you go, wow, we really have gone a long way to establish ourselves with all of these like admin things, but it was because we didn't do it all at one time. Yeah. So we, we only tackled the next thing that was necessary. So it's like the banking was the first thing because you kind of need that in order to like sign a rental agreement and get your NIF and everything like that. So that was step one. And then we said, okay, let's just have some travel insurance for a couple of months yep. in order that would cover us here. Um, you know, and not worry so much right out of the gate about getting plugged into the healthcare system. Yep. So we did that in, I think, January or February. So we gave ourselves a couple of months. Then it was like, okay, okay, now we need to do the taxes thing, make sure we have that set. So it was just, we took it one step mm -hmm. at a time. And I always actually, for those uh, nerds out there, 
I think I've talked about it before, but I love Notion. And so I just created a Notion project for myself called Move to Portugal. And I just had categories for all of these things. And I said, okay, January, my goal is going to be to start the process of getting health insurance. Okay, February is going to be find a Portuguese teacher. Okay, March is going to be really focused on social connections and making sure that we're like trying to establish friendships. That's how I approached it. Mm -hmm. And it made it really doable. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, a big tip here, especially when it comes to the admin stuff is whatever organizational system works for you or tool notion Airtable, google docs etc just try and put as much of that stuff in one place with all the links of the relevant yes. articles and how to's and guides and services because i can't tell you the amount of times that we went back to that moving to portugal notion page and we're so grateful that we had all the links that we, we found, still use it even to this like day. two weeks prior to that moment i was like oh i know i went to a website and i can't remember what it is and i'm trying to search for it and i can't find it i'm like wait we, we, the first day we saw it, we made sure to put it in this doc yep. under the category of taxes or whatever. Awesome. I can go back to it. And I know that sounds like such a simple thing. Like that's obvious. I'm going to do that. It is not obvious is not when obvious. you're moving to a new country and you're trying to juggle all of the things. So just try and build a system. If you're thinking about making a move like this, that works for you, that you can just put everything in one place that you can always go back to. We still at the top of that page have our NIF. Well, we know our NIFs by heart the now. NIF is the taxpayer number. Taxpayer here. number. But we also have like our address. Yeah. The amount of times I go to that page just to <laughs> copy and paste our address. I use the keyboard shortcut. You do. I, yeah, yeah. I yeah. just thought of that the other day. I was like, after a year, I need to just set this up as a keyboard shortcut. I also don't even know our address. I just use the keyboard shortcut and I copy and paste oh, it. Oh, see, like, now I know it by heart because I've copied it so many yeah. times. Yeah. That's another random thing. Not on our notes. Addresses are formatted differently in every country. Did you know this? Yes? Yeah. The, yeah. They uh, When you go from US to Europe, it is a whole different adventure. I send adventure. This, my, our address to our friends and family in the States and they're like, um, can how you send I, me, can you send a photo of how I'm supposed how to do format this? that? I will say I have a little bit of a cheat, uh, that I knew how to write our address or at least had an idea and it wasn't so surprising because of the welcome packages that we used to do right. for, uh, buy my future, buy our future and Wayne members, Mo uh, you know, probably half of our members are in Europe. Europe. So, so I would have know. to figure that out. And like, yeah. let me tell you, like the, the Netherlands is very different from Portugal, which is very different from Croatia. That's true. So it's very fun. Uh, yeah. So the only things really left to do are we have to do this etestado thing which is what it basically is just i still don't know what most of these things are yeah you all are this is this a document time. that you basically have to go to your local township which uh -huh. would be like our i think it's larinha and atalaya okay and it's in town and we just basically have to go in there and say like hey we live here can you give us a document us a that says that we live in this that neighborhood you agree. <laughs> yeah. yeah and i think you need it for certain things Something. but okay um so that's that's one thing that's on my list and then our car registration is in the mail yeah for those of us. you who've been keeping up with the car saga we did finally get approved for an auto loan which we'll talk about here in a minute uh we have a car and then thankfully the we bought the car through a pretty well-known dealership here in portugal that wasn't really necessarily by any um conscious decision it just happened that way they handle the registration process for us, which is really nice. So that'll actually just come in the mail. So yeah. we're just waiting for that to come in the and mail. And then the last piece of the puzzle is to get us registered into the national health system, which you need your residency card to be able to do that process, which we just got our residency cards. And so... Also a little bit of a bummer there. We missed, there used to be an online application for this. Now we have to go in person. It's okay. Uh, so speaking of healthcare... Yeah, let's do it. Let's move on to healthcare. So... Um, just a little bit of background. Basically, here in Portugal, they have a national healthcare system that you can use and, and for free um, for you know 
really anything, but it's from what we have heard, especially good for emergencies. And yeah. Everybody we've talked to has basically said, you know, we do have private insurance now, which we'll talk about in a second. But like, if you have an emergency, just go to the public hospitals right. because it is set up for that to take care of you. And like some of the best doctors are in Portugal work at those hospitals in those situations. So again, contacts, you have a public system, yeah. which you can utilize and that's what taxes pay into and everything. Then you can also supplement with private insurance. Yeah. So whereas, you know, in the United States, it's all private yeah. insurance. You choose your carrier and you get your doctors or whatever here. It's public system with the option for private as well. Yeah. And, that is helpful. Like we said, if you want to be able to choose your doctor, if you want to be able to um, go get, you know, imaging, a lot of ele more elective things. Yeah. I mean, that definitely helped in my uh, knee journey that I'm on because I'm going to have my knee uh, operated on here in a month or so is that because it's not an emergency situation, I would have had to just wait until I could have gotten into the the public system. And, you know, we have friends in Canada and like I've heard stories of them being like, yeah, like I have to wait like six months because it's not an emergency. And that would be the same here. Like you just kind of have to get a ticket and get in line, not stand there in person for six <laughs> months, obviously. Um, <laughs> but, you know, having private medical insurance, I was able to just set up an appointment at a private hospital and go and get an MRI. And I'll talk more about that in a minute. But I think the thing that we really wanted to highlight here that was an awesome thing that we found through some recommendations was this company called Serenity, which is basically a medical concierge and you get a registered nurse who is your point of contact who speaks Portuguese and English. And this service is extremely affordable uh, every single year. And it basically just gives us a point of contact who helps us find the right places to go for different medical, dental, et cetera. Um, really, it's just, I wish I had had this in the States because anyone who knows choosing insurance, choosing your doctors even, yeah. to me, that, that way of doing things is so broken because you, you're searching through like, things online you're like do they take my insurance uh going to their linkedin and they had a weird job 20 years ago like i don't like that where it's like okay they work out of this hospital sometimes but then other times so you just have this person who is so much more knowledgeable than you about that system and they can help you so serenity helped us um you know they also work with insurance brokers so they basically like interviewed us to see what our needs would be so that they can set us up with the right insurance plan that's best for us and like the time period that we're at in our life and they even went as far as to, because during one of the questionnaires, I um, told them about my binocular vision dysfunction. Mm -hmm. That's not a, a well-known eye condition here in Portugal. And the insurance came back and said, hey, we're not going to cover vision insurance because you have this thing. Not realizing it's not something that is like threatening to my eye health in any way. It's just I need a special glasses prescription. And the members of, well, the owner of Serenity called the insurance company to explain to them that this is not a condition. And they put, they wrote a, a letter to put it back into our insurance. Which so is that's fantastic. Just, yeah. That's just one example of they're advocating on your behalf in a system where you're not familiar. Yeah. And that is just an investment that's worth it and so they not only do that but then also like Jason was saying you have your registered nurse and she's wonderful and I'll talk about in a second I had a procedure in when was that July mm -hmm. and so being able to whatsapp our registered nurse and just basically be like hey like I'm having these like sort of side effects like should I be concerned like no you shouldn't be concerned like go get these three things from the pharmacia and you'll be good to go in you know a couple days and that just puts all of your anxieties at ease to have that touch point um, so really glad we found that company. And then, like we said, they helped us pick out health insurance, which so far has worked out well for us. We haven't yeah. had too many. No, but we, you know, I had an MRI at a private hospital and the hospital was 
a great experience and just very, very simple and easy. Uh, the people at the reception desk spoke English. At the checkout desk didn't speak English, but it was fine because it worked out just you're just showing you a bill and you're just paying. Yeah. And also your bill is incredibly small compared to the US. I mean, like one example is with our private insurance here, I had an elective MRI, which means I didn't have an injury that I had to, like a doctor basically said like, yeah, you need this. I chose to get it. It cost me 65 euros with our insurance. So that's just call it dollars, $65 to get MRI. I've had two MRIs, both related to injuries. So a doctor said, you need to get this. It still cost me $1,800 out of pocket with insurance each time just to get the MRI. So like wild. that difference alone is wild. Wild. So, you know, it's those, it's those things. And then also, uh, you know, I think from the healthcare system, you know, we have not had to use any of the public healthcare uh, things. So we can't really comment on those. But any of the things that have been elective through our private health insurance, going to a private hospital or going to um, a, like a clinic for my knee, the places have all been great. They Fantastic. have been super high quality, nothing to concern yourself about. And if anything, because Portugal is smaller, because there's less people, there just seems to be less waiting time. There seems to be less overall congestion in those uh, environments where in the U.S. we're very used to like your appointments at noon, but you're probably not going to get seen till one o'clock. Yeah, I, we've had really good experiences. Of course, you know, like anything I'm sure we'll encounter like we've had friends too have ha who have had some experiences that are less than stellar. Yeah. It just depends on who you, who you go to and things like that. But for now, it feels very comparable to the United States in a lot of ways. And that was one of my big fears because I've struggled with some health anxiety in the past. And so coming to a different country where I don't know the system, doing an activity that already is very um, anxiety inducing, but everything has been so much easier and better than I thought, yeah. which is very comforting to me. And listen, uh, when we told you we went to the dentist. If you listened to our past oh, yeah. couple episodes, they quizzed us on the fruits, fruits that we knew in Portuguese. You get that in the U.S.? No, they don't quiz you on the fruits <laughs> that you know. So a bonus is that you get to practice your language skills when you go to different places. I here. will say another benefit of Serenity is when they help you choose your doctors, they know which doctors speak English. Yeah. And for for us, until we get comfortable enough with the language, it was it was important to at least have doctors. Again, totally fine if the nurses don't. Totally yeah. fine if the uh, the receptionists only speak Portuguese. But just to make sure that you're not miscommunicating on anything, I think it really does help to have a doctor who speaks English, and um, that has also been really helpful. Perfect segue into our next category, which is the, the language. language. Oh so my gosh. We, if you've not heard us talk about it, we have private weekly lessons with a native Portuguese person that you found on Instagram, oh, actually. And I just thank my lucky stars every day that I, I've shopped around. Yeah. And, and we, I, the, yeah, there's like, you could do it at the local school. They have like a night class here. Um, I think there's another place you could do it, but you found this person. We've been doing it on Zoom every single week with exception to a couple uh, of weeks we've been here and our entire goal of this was a i hate learning so <laughs> i was not looking forward to this at all but because and then b we want to take it slow you hate by the way you love you do like teaching yourself things and you like yeah. learning new things you don't like structured learning yeah i really like don't. a teacher especially like don't give me homework i don't like homework mm -hmm. i don't need to do it anymore i'm a 40 year old Trabalho man you know? casa. 41 um but anyway i think the things that have really helped with this is our teacher anna is amazing she's amazing she could be just a close friend who exactly. we laugh with all the time and and sadly we have not actually like spent any time together in person but i think that's a goal for us next year is to do some of our lessons in person even just at like restaurants or cafes or wherever and just speak almost fully in Portuguese we're, we're getting to a place where we can almost do an entire lesson in Portuguese mostly from 
her speaking, us listening, See, and then trying to say some things back. Yeah, she, we can. She we have to ask her to repeat a few things when she gets going. And, and she does she speak just starts, slowly, which is great. She speaks slowly for us, and we usually get it. But when she starts gearing it up, because we're just yucking it up, and we're just being friends, we're like, you know, yeah. we're not Portuguese. Yeah. And she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> and and everyone says the Portuguese language is very hard to learn, and I think any language as an adult is very hard to learn because it's just you know you've got those well-worn mental pathways. But again, yeah, we're just taking it slowly. Uh, you know, we you know have been here for a year. We've done a lesson almost every single week for a year. Thinking back to where we were a year ago, when it's just everything is daunting. You can't read a single word on a we piece of paper. We couldn't even pronounce things. Definitely, I mean, definitely couldn't. Our pronounce pronunciation things. is up for debate now. Of but, course, and but it's, it's better than most. Yeah. We're always going to be a foreigner speaking this language, so it's you know we think about that all the time when we're saying things like you know even just simple things like uh, to buy, and it's like you know how are you or whatever. It's like. Am I saying that in a way where someone hears it like, how are you? Yeah. You know, because I'm like pronouncing the words, whereas they're saying like, like yeah. they're just like smashing it together. Da-bang. So yeah, yeah. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll see how that this kind of goes for me. Time. I know that this is like taking our lessons every week is something that, you know, you have to do in order to get to the ultimate goal, which is you want to be able to like be connected to the culture and speak more. For me, it is something that adds so much value to my life. I love learning. I love, I've always wanted to learn a language fluently, but it's such a time investment that like I would always get to a certain point. Well, first of all, I took Latin in high school, not exactly the most uh, practical language, but then I took Italian in college. But I, for my major, it was like a really big time investment to do like a language major or minor. So I just stopped at two semesters, but I loved it so much. So this is like fulfilling like a life dream for me to be able to speak a second language. And honestly, once we, I could foresee in like two or three years where we feel like we're pretty solid with Portuguese to layer in another language on top of that, because I've just, I've just been enjoying it so much. We is a strong term there. No, no, no. You could layer in if you'd like. I will. I'm just hoping that in the next, you know, year or two, I feel like I'm almost fluent, but proficient enough to have a full conversation with someone and not have to ask them to speak at half speed so that I can understand things. But yeah, uh, this, this is, I think learning the language here, and it was something that we from day one said that we wanted to do. There was no, oh, we don't want to do that. We, we don't want to learn a different language. Uh, it was like, no, we're moving to a country. We are the foreigners here. We want to show this culture that we appreciate it and we want to be a part of it in their way and their language and not just always default to English and cannot overstate how much of a positive impact it makes when we try. It's and it's just it's little things. It it's makes just a big difference. Absolutely small things. Like uh, we went to the for the first time, um, like the UPS store here, but it's CTT is the company, and we had to pick up a couple packages that didn't get delivered. And so you know we walked up and and you basically said like oh like I, you know in Portuguese so like I don't speak Portuguese and she was like. You speak a little. Yeah, like, and in, again, she replied in back in Portuguese. She was like, well, you. Yeah. And so it's it's those things. And then she spoke fluent English. So then she was like, okay, I'll just speak English because it's easier. But the smile that comes on people's yep. faces when you show them that you're trying, it completely softens the experience to just, I'm a foreigner. I'm going to speak my language. You're going to speak yours. I expect you to speak mine. And like, this is our relationship. And it's like, no, you kind of soften the blow of that. And I think it has made such a better experience all around. My favorite thing too, when you have an interaction like that and when someone smiles and you can tell that they are open to you kind of like practicing a little bit is I'll just try to say words that are applicable and that. So she was getting our packages and we were able to say like, because we knew there were five of them. And then 
when she went to go sign things, she was like, okay. And then we said, prossima, prossima, like the mm-hmm. next one. And then the last one, we said, ultimo. So yeah. it was like the last one. And just throwing those words out there so that contextually you're practicing them in when it makes sense. And it almost feels like the person gets so excited because it's like you're a toddler saying dada for the first time. They're yeah. like, oh my goodness, <laughs> yeah, look, look at, at you. you. And then when you say it wrong, they're like, oh, sweetie, let me yeah. help you And here. it's not in like a condescending right. way at all. It's in this like most warm and welcoming way. And we'll get to this in one of our, you know, favorite parts about living here. But I just cannot say enough how welcoming and warm the Portuguese people are as yeah. a whole. I just feel like they are always willing to help, always willing to be kind. We have not had a lot of negative run-ins I mean, we, at all. Honestly, traveling throughout Europe, we only went to 10 countries last year, but we basically saw this everywhere. And I think a lot yeah. of it just starts with, you know, learn a couple words, try and be patient, try and, you know, be humble with the fact that you're not the the person who lives here. This isn't your culture. And I think it just goes such a long way. And so, yeah, for us, we're going to continue to learn the language, uh, you know, taking it slowly because I, I hate homework and I don't want to uh, take it faster. And we don't have to. And I that's just started watching a Netflix Portuguese series without subtitles. Nice. To see if I could understand what was going on. And you got about what percentage? I'm, I'm 50% of the way through the first episode. Oh, you mean like my comprehension? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, 15% max. Yeah. We were watching a show together that we don't uh, cheat on each other with uh, Netflix right. wise. And we would pause after like two minutes. Be like, how many words did you get? Be like, I know he said obrigado. So I uh, <laughs> got that one. Got that. <laughs> Through context, I can see the mission that they are on, but I don't exactly know what they're talking about. But you know, you just try and see the mission. Yeah. All right. Let's it's get not in. going well. It's I not, know that. There's some drama uh, for sure. All right. Let's get into the next category, which is friends. Friends. Okay. So we talked a little bit about this. Our neighborhood is obviously kind of the first concentric circle of making friends here. And that has gone such a long way for us feeling like we are socially connected we like we said we do something with people in our neighborhood at least once a week yeah i work out with a guy yeah every single saturday or sunday your workout in the morning together. and like we just saw a woman this morning who was leaving the gym and like you know we you run into people in these kind of little casual environments and i think what you have said about this is like these are very like shallow friendships like they're not that's not a bad term just like these are not deep connective friendships that you're going to have with people who you align with perfectly but they're really great like you're waving to people you're asking how they're doing you're learning little things about them um you know you might see them once a week or or, you know a couple times a week and it just feels good to keep running into these people who you're just like oh it's a shared experience we're not from here but we live here now we all love it here i forget what it was called but i read an article about this um maybe like a year ago about how in a lot of ways the pandemic was so damaging to this type of connectivity because you take for granted those and again shallow is not the right word but it's sort of it's like the, yeah, it's these acquaintancy type and i would say the people we ran into that you were just describing are deeper than an acquaintance but anyway <laughs> maybe to you <laughs> but you have these these sort of neighborly friendships right where you're not hanging out in such a deep way friends for life type of way but there's such a value that it brings to your life to be able to care about people in a way that is like how are you doing and can I help you with anything and 
um, the article I was reading was talking about how when during the pandemic those went away mm-hmm. and actually like we see the loneliness epidemic and we see how it affected people's mental health and physical health and we take for granted some of these more the parent you see in the pickup line or you know the at the soccer game or the shop owner or the same ch- checkout person you see at the grocery store the 84 year old man and his pumpkin the 84 patch. year old farmer yeah. that we love chatting with like those things are so important for feeling connected to your community and just as a person for that that sense of um yeah connection so I have loved that. Now we also have made an effort to try to make friends outside of our neighborhood. And some of that is like friends of friends. Some of that is like finding people on online and reaching out and saying, Hey, do you want to go grab coffee that Mm -hmm. we've met a people, a couple of people that way. Um, it is a slower process. I think, especially like I was saying, because we don't have kids yet, there's not that like natural thing where you're sort of in a group activity where you're like, Oh, Hey. Um, but we, have kind of had this approach of once we make a friend, if we get invited to something, come to a group dinner, come to a a birthday party. We will say yes, even Mm. though total transparency, we're both a little bit more introverted and like parties are not our favorite things. But, but when you're living here and you say that you want social connection, you have to open yourself up to those things. So we'll say yes to things that we know are going to be a little bit draining in the present moment for the long-term benefit of making friendships and getting connected to people. Yeah. And this kind of goes back to, to the neighborhood category of another huge positive for picking kind of a built community that like has a neighborhood feel and like some communal spaces. You know, I, I can always see these couple of houses that are kind of across the the um, hill here. And I remember that are seeing, not in our neighborhood. That are not in our neighborhood. I remember seeing one of them was up for rent and, you know, it was kind of on our list of as a possibility. And I think about how different our life would be if we lived there, where I've never seen anybody come in or out of those homes. So we may have been the only people that live there. They're mm-hmm. just empty we wouldn't know anybody around the neighborhood because there's not really a neighborhood there. You have no reason to walk. There's nothing over there. There's no communal spaces over there. As opposed to where we live now, we're always bumping into people. We're always, every single day I'm waving to someone when I'm walking up to the gym or wherever. And I just think that that makes the experience of living here so much easier and Mm -hmm. happier. And you just, you make that choice to be like, okay, like, I don't know what it's going to be like to move into a, you know, a a planned neighborhood, if you will. But I do know that the exponential return of not living by myself in isolation is much better here than it would have been over there. Yeah. And I think if we had, if that had been our only option, the route that I would have gone differently was maybe I would be more of an active participant in some of those like Facebook groups and things like that to see what are the local events that are happening are there people I can meet up with? Can I put myself out there and say, oh, hey, you're going to like the arts fair. Like, I'm going to be there too. Do you want to meet up and grab, you know, a cafe? Yeah, exactly. Un cafe. All right. Next category is food. So this was obviously uh, a very interesting one for us because we're huge foodies. Mm-hmm. We love eating. We love uh, the experience of food, especially in restaurants. And I think the fun thing to relate back after being here for a year is that we've never felt a shortage of delicious places to oh eat. Oh my gosh, I'm thinking of a place right now that I want to go for dinner. Nice. And and I think that when you compare it, like if we're just doing a direct comparison to especially our lives in San Diego, there's so many more options Definitely. of places to eat there as opposed to where we live. Now, we also live in a small town, so that's a, another part of it. Like we're not really comparing apples to apples in like the type of area that we lived in California. But 
I think everyone listening to this can agree. You basically have your like favorite five date restaurants. Right. And so once you find those, when you move to a new Not place. Not five date restaurants, but five to eight restaurants. Five to eight Some of those are restaurants. date restaurants. Yeah. They only serve dates. It's a <laughs> full date menu. Yep. Um, and I think that that's for the majority of us. We get comfortable in those spaces. We have those here. And so I, I see this as... Um, yes, there are not as many options, but we have found the five to eight options that are absolutely awesome and we love them and we never feel a shortage of good food right by us or right near us. And and I think one of the things that we did write down here is we have not really jumped into the Portuguese cuisine yes. so uh, that much. This goes back to the topic of like not making it harder on yourself than it needs to be. I'm just going to be honest with you. My taste buds and Portuguese cuisine, <laughs> traditional Portuguese cuisine, they're not n- natural buddies, okay? And Mainly I, because it's a very seafood-heavy yeah. culture. It's a very fish-heavy culture, and that's just not my palate. Go ahead. Remember the small, uh, like, fast casual place that we went to when we did the Ikea trip uh-huh. early on? Uh-huh. And they only spoke Portuguese uh-huh. in that place. And remember how uncomfortable that was? Yes. And then you're trying to eat a meal and you're not even enjoying the food. And so I think the reason why we've kind of pushed off some of the like local Portuguese cuisine is like, you're going to be uncomfortable going into a place and like, yes, I do want to try things, but also I don't have to live life on hard mode. Exactly. And so knowing that, I think, I think steer, kind of sticking to our more comfort zone when it comes to cuisine this past year was a good bridge year for us. Again, going back to like, don't, you have to, don't have to do everything so hard. You don't have to go like full immersion. You can, if that's your style, but for us, it was more important to go slow and steady. So next year, I would really like to put it, I and we'll end with this of like what our 2024 goals are for our Portuguese immersion. But definitely now I feel ready now that we know some more Portuguese, I feel much more confident going into some more local spots. Also doing some research and going like, okay, maybe I'm never going to be a dried cod girl. Yeah. Okay. But what are some of the Portuguese dish dishes that I could do? We have a friend who made us, I did learn, I think this is Brazilian Portuguese dish, but the feijoada. Yeah, yeah, which is like a stew. Yeah, she made us a a vegetarian version of feijoada, and it was delicious. And so it's like doing some research on what are the dishes that maybe are a good entry point for me. But yeah, I also liken this to, you know, very simply. I'll have gamaroish. Shrimp. Uh, I also liken this. I like how I translate for our listeners. (laughs) Um, Like living in the South in Florida, barbecue is not your favorite thing. Right. So it's like the culture of the South and like Southern cuisine is barbecue, but like that's not your favorite thing. So it's okay that we live in a country where it's not our favorite cuisine, the types of food that are being made here, but we will continue to try stuff. And also like the piti piti chicken, which is like mm. the like very well-known Portuguese chicken. I love that chicken, especially like the grilled chicken. So I could eat that all the mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So we'll... Is pica pão Portuguese? Pica pão is Portuguese as well. I yeah. Like I, I was just going to say... Um, uh, just a couple of restaurants that are close by that we go to all the time. So we have like a, a Portuguese restaurant that we do go to, which is like a little bit more of like an upscale restaurant mm-hmm. in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they it's have, more, but it's like tapas. Yeah, it's like tapas style. Then they have, I think, I think we asked this and they do say tapas. I think they still say tapas. Is it? It's because it's and. Yeah. So when when you have an S, okay, here followed, we go. We're doing a Portuguese lesson. When everybody. you have an S, most of the time in the Portuguese language, if you just have a word that ends in S, it's yeah. going to be a sh. Yeah. However. If it's an S followed by a vowel. I just want to say that it's a tapas 
restaurant. <laughs> what am I saying? Topish? Topish. Okay, great. It's topish. Yeah. Uh, so we have that. They have a sister restaurant that's a little bit more fast casual that we've been to, which is really fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a good one for like burgers and things like that. We have our local restaurant, which is a little bit more upscale on things. It is more upscale for sure. And I would call sure. that international. That's international. Kind there's of a all full different options. range of menu. They have but Portuguese the, and. The head chef is Argentinian. So there's a lot of. There's some Argentinian. Very meat, I would say, focused. Yeah. Then we have uh, the um, kind of like Balinese Indonesian restaurant, mm-hmm. which is great for like poke bowls and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, we have, there's a Mexican restaurant, which is very fun. They do burritos and tacos uh, and, and things. And they do it really well. We have the sushi restaurant, which yes. we ate the other night, which was incredibly good. Um, there's another Chinese restaurant that we need to try in yep. town. Yeah. But we haven't tried that one yet. There, oh, there's an Indian restaurant that we like. Indian restaurant. There's the like beach bar, so like your classic beach bar classic restaurant. Classic beach bar. There's our favorite, our number one restaurant here, which is the farm restaurant, the farm which is all restaurant. vegetarian, See? and that's a Portuguese farm. So just that's just rattling off some places for you. And all then to there's hear. the sourdough pizza Agenella, which is the best pizza we've ever had. That's just rattling off like we live in a small town that's in the middle of Portugal, essentially, that I don't think would be no, like named for its culinary exploits. There's so many options that are here. Exactly. So, and then don't even get us started on going into Lisboa yeah. or some of the bigger cities. Like yeah. you're going to have way more options. Great. Um, yeah. One other thing on food. I just made a note here. Produce spoils quickly. So quickly. Like if you buy, I'm trying to think of uh, like... Um, that's actually funny I didn't tomatoes talk- tomatoes yeah. are a perfect example if I buy a tomato and I bring it home in about three to four days that tomato starts to go it's gone and like peaches are the same way like peaches are gone it is pears it is amazing eat them in the first because day. there's just I think less preservatives and things put into the foods I would hope that's why I mean I'm pretty sure that's why and but we did see this across all of Europe it's not just Portugal totally. anywhere and we bought groceries it's a happened. different way of buying groceries than the American way of I'm gonna go to the grocery store every two weeks yeah and I'm gonna buy everything also it was like every week yeah, as well, the person sure. who didn't go to the grocery store I, I think know you some don't people have a good... go to Costco every two weeks oh, okay sure yeah, you know yeah. what I mean yeah that could... and they just buy like there could be a person who does it. that so your argument will I'm hold saying up. a good amount of people <laughs> I'm just saying it's a totally different way to go grocery shopping yes, than in the States. Absolutely. Here, here you're going more often and I, you're just being very mindful of your produce. I didn't really understand that when people were like, oh, you're going to go to the grocery store like twice a week because I'm just so used to going like Saturday or Sunday. I would go to the grocery store and like that was it for the week. Right. And it is here. You're like, oh, yeah, I'll go get some eggs and some apples and like some yogurt. And that's also why the carts are like so much smaller. Yeah. Remember when we were staying in Lisbon and we went to the little organic grocery store and we just we would buy for like the whole week and we'd be at the checkout and I could always tell people being like you just buying for the two what, of you yeah this what are you doing much. and yeah. it's just a different way to buy groceries all right let's move into shopping speaking about buying things yes okay uh, this we have this and uh, differences of the U.S. pros and cons and then some final thoughts is where we are in the uh, journey here so shopping I think is one of the places that is the most different across cultures here versus the U.S. because you just it's a different way to shop. You have so many less um, available and convenient options for mm-hmm. shopping. Um, and just you don't have like a store on every single corner for like a big box store on every corner. You, you know also I mean? don't have a store on every corner of the Internet. And, you know, when right? it comes to like exactly. clothing stores and things like that. Now, there are plenty of options for sure. And a huge shout out to Maria, who does listen to this podcast, who's a Waymer. She put Thank together a Google Maria. Doc for us of like stores that she thought we would like. Not just all of the stores, like 
she picked out stories that she and she did a fantastic like. job because about half of them I still are my go-tos. Yeah, what's the one that you just got the sweater from that you really love? I don't know how to pronounce it. Dezigwal. Dezigwal, and then uh, one that's one of my favorites is there's a place called Flavors, which uh, is spelled with an E instead of an O, uh, and they have like international foods you can order. So like I just ordered some hot sauce from there because like Portugal doesn't have like you know you go into a grocery store in the U.S. You have 50 hot sauces to choose from. Mm-hmm. Here you have pita pita sauce. Like right. that's basically it. So, uh, you know, I love having some of those options, but it's definitely not as many. Uh, one of the things that is, I think, very helpful is there is Amazon here. There is Amazon here. It is very different from the United States Amazon in that there's like so much less selection. Yeah. And then a, lo- a lot of things are weirdly like priced very high. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I think that. You know, like they're I, importing it. Basically. I remember you. Were, what were you looking for? Was it like a wood wine holder, like a wood wine rack? And yes. it was like 200 euros. So you're yeah. like, this should be like 18 euros at max. Yeah. I was looking for something to hold my workout towels and like oh, my little was, workout yeah. area. And I was like, oh, a wine rack would actually be perfect. And also, it, yeah, they wanted like 200 euros. In case like, you think no. we're bougie, we did not buy that at all. We did not that buy is, that. That is absolutely um, not. But yeah. it is helpful for certain things where you you just need like kind of around the house things. I honestly, though, over time, I have come to really appreciate this because it kind of broke us of our Amazon habit. Which It really did. Yeah. You, we, do, you do become extremely accustomed to the convenience and the prices in the United States. And I think based on what we're all learning kind of about Amazon, it's like not always the best thing that you want to yeah. be participating in. We had a friend visiting. That's no judgment it's just we all know it's not the best for the environment and things yeah like that. we had a friend visiting last week who was actually like a neighbor of ours in in southern california and we had some amazon packages show up and i was like yeah i ordered these a week ago yeah and so like everyone in the u.s is like wait what because next day shipping is the thing on amazon in the u.s here it you you can choose next day but it'll probably show up in four to seven days and that's and okay you just get used to it and and i do think you're like you're it's right like stepping back in time yeah it broke us of the habit of like the immediacy of needing to get something and being like yeah i ordered that because i want that thing in my house and I'm gonna wait for it to get here whenever it gets here. There's also something psychological about I make I like take longer to make buying decisions, and I don't know if it's because buying things is harder. Yeah. And so I'm like, if I'm gonna go to the effort to like order this and put put in everything and wait for it to come, I want it to be worth it. And so I just buy less things, which is nice. I would say the one thing you know that we we would admit that we miss is Target. Yep. Just everything in one spot and like of of a good quality. Of a good quality and and of like a um, a thoughtful, designed well, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, looks nice aesthetically thing. There isn't really, well, there's definitely not one store that does that here. Um, there's the Continente, which is kind of like Target, but anybody who like is a Target fan that would go in there would be like, this is not Target. Yeah. Um, in, in case you're curious and you've never been to Portugal, there are some big box stores. So you have like kind of like a Best Buy equivalent, like a... What's it called? Wharton. Wharton. Good job. An electronics store. You have... What's the uh, Home Depot equivalent? Oh. It's a funny Merlin. name. Leroy Merlin. Leroy Merlin. <laughs> so really you, okay. You have some of those, but they're way smaller than like what? a Home Depot. That's they're way smaller than a like, Best For buy. those of you who are in the US and you imagine how large a Target or a Home Depot they're is. They're small box stores. <laughs> take, take the size of that store and take one eighth of it, like the section for clothing that is the size of the store right, here right, right. for whatever that thing is. So yeah, it, it, it's definitely a difference when it comes to shopping. Again, you're not going to like drive to one store that has it all. You're going to have to be like, okay, I need to go get home goods. Great. We're going to go to Oma or we're going to go to Espaso Casa. Like these are different places where you're only going to get those things. Right. Uh, but all of the things are pretty much available. It's just not the abundance that you're used to in the Exactly. US. And 
this is a perfect example of like we talk about enough a lot in business. Yeah. It's enough. Yeah. When it comes to shopping, it's enough when it comes to food shopping. It's enough when it comes to restaurants. Can I get a little bit of credit? Sure. I did not buy a sound bar. I was going to buy a sound bar. I'm like a, a, a gear head and I do like my electronics and I like my sounds and my TVs and like that the experience. Mm-hmm. I have always had like a good sound bar. Or a good st- Remember that ridiculous stereo system I had in Florida when we moved like yeah. the giant tower speakers? I do. And we moved here and we bought a TV because we needed, you needed a TV, but I wanted to buy a sound bar. There were not as many options, like literally a quarter or less of options that you would get in the US. And just that was just enough resistance yeah. to keep you not and being like, well, let's just test out and how it is. We've had our TV for a year. We only use the TV speakers on it. Uh, our friend Caleb, who was here, was like, you guys should just both wear AirPods and just like pl- like sync them and you'll have like much better sound in your ears. And I was like, oh, that is an idea we could try because we both have AirPods. Let's do that maybe for a, a really good movie. We've dealt with it. It's totally fine. It's not a big deal. And I think those are just kind of like the little habits that have been broken where you realize like, yeah, it's good enough. It's yeah, not a big deal. Definitely. Thanks for the praise of my soundbar. Thank you. Uh, did a great job. Wonderful. Okay. So that are, those are kind of like the big categories of just giving you more insight into us living here and maybe some of the differences if you are not living in Portugal or if maybe you're an American. Cause I, I know a lot of our European listeners will be like, what? This is like, we're used <laughs> Guys, to this. <laughs> Duh. And, but well, I also think they, we have heard from them. They like hearing our experience of what it's like to now be living a European lifestyle right, as someone like, else who's, you know, not lived there. Yeah. So. I, I think it is probably fascinating. They're like, that's what we've been doing our entire life. We're like, we know, but we're from America. But this is new to us. And everything is so big there. Yeah. Um, that is something I hear when I talk to European people and they, they ask where we're from and I tell them the States and we have that conversation. Um, they're like, they'll say things like, we'll ask if they've ever been and they'll say no. And then they'll say, I really want to go. And they're like, is everything as big as it looks on yes. TV? And I'm like, absolutely. 100%. Also, what's very funny, I might be, this, I don't know this to be true, the biggest person in Lorena. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, when I walk are, around town, every single funny older thing. Portuguese person looks at me like I'm an alien. That is so funny. And also for me too, for women's clothing sizes, yeah. I have to go up a size because I just think probably the average size of a Portuguese woman is smaller. And so those are just like funny things that you don't realize. Like I was, I I still will remember when we first got here and I was buying new workout clothes we went to the decathlon and I got my normal size and I was like, was this made for a toddler? Like what is (laughs) happening? And then I was like, Oh, it's just culturally. Obviously the clothing manufacturers are going to base it based on like averages. Yes. So it's it's actually become very easy for me because I just like get the biggest size. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Let's go to category. The biggest differences from the U.S. We have talked about some of these, but I think we'll just kind of do some highlights here. Yeah. These were the big ones that stuck out to me. Um, Less people. Yes. Just less people. Do you know how many people live in Portugal? 10 million people. 10 million people live in Portugal. We, uh, I was born in a city called Jacksonville, Florida, <laughs> where there are over a million people that live yes, there. Yes, exactly. And so that's wild. And so what you get with that is like the, I think the main place I see it is on the roads. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we also live live in a town that's 6,000 people. <laughs> so uh, that is an incredible difference. But yeah, what I wrote down here in the notes is, for those of you who have ever seen movies with Euro- European streets, you can picture how small they are. You can picture how windy they might be. And like two cars passing is very difficult. 
that's every day of our lives. That's right. what, the, but you also get used to it Definitely. and it's totally fine. And, and I think that, you know, you get here and I remember people joking with us. They're like, you're going to have to use roundabouts. And I'm like, oh, we don't have roundabouts in the U S that much. Like, I don't know how that's going to go. I'm so grateful for roundabouts. Love now. a roundabout. Now I don't love the giant one by the airport where no matter what you're in the wrong lane, it's like a small version of the one in Rome that you always yeah, see Yeah, that in one's movies. hard, but that's the hard mode. But, but think about how we've talked about this before, how infrequently we sit at a traffic light compared to the United States. Oh, for sure. We, we can drive to a destination that's 30 minutes away and never stop. I feel like you probably spend six months of your life in total sitting at a traffic light. Nice. I like it. And it's not I like, here. It's, it's probably a big exaggeration, but I like it. I, I am know. here for Is it? it? But yeah, I think that's definitely a huge difference to the U.S. Not going to say it's necessarily good or bad because maybe you like being around a bustling metropolis of people. Mm -hmm. And and for that, maybe you would like to live in Lisbon if you moved to Portugal. We're not trying to sell you on Portugal. We're just sharing. But if you like quiet and, and kind of like a calmer life, I mean, we have found that here. Again, like have not seen traffic in Lonanya the entire time we've lived here. We've driven. You get some traffic if you're driving into Lisbon, but that's right. literally it. And for me personally, who deals with some driving anxiety, it feels a lot more doable to like and less scary to drive when you just know there's less cars on the highway. Yeah. There's so many less cars on the highway. You're not dealing with California's like six lanes of traffic where you're going to be stop and go and you know there's going to be accidents. We've probably seen two accidents yeah knock on wood time. i mean it, yeah it has been uh, and that's much just less. what you get with less people right and i think you can feel it in the air yeah i think you can feel when people are kind of like fighting for like space and resources versus when people when there's like enough space i, don't know. I will say the portuguese drivers can be a little bit aggressive like True. they'll follow you closely they'll change lanes in front of you closely I, it's not a malicious thing because you'll pass them and they'll be smiling or whatever it's you know a little bit different in the u.s and there's a lot more road rage in the u.s i would agree but I do love driving on the highways. This is all over Europe, not just Portugal. People move over. And it is just like the law is you get out of the passing lane and you stay in the right side if you're in a country that drives on the left side or the right side. Um, and it is just such an efficient way to drive. It is a much better way to drive on the highways. And I'm not looking for That's one thing I don't look forward to when we go back to the U.S. is I like know. driving on the highways and people just like, this is my lane. This is where I'm going to drive. I used to be like that. I would, I was that person. And I'm just like, it's a better system if we all just move over and pass when you're going to pass. But otherwise, just like keep going. It's yeah. Uh, so that's one, one big difference. Okay. Yeah. Another huge difference is food. Yes. So the biggest one is, I think, just the portion sizes. Yeah. You do not realize speaking as two Americans, you do not realize how large the American portion sizes are until you have something to compare it to. And it's not even something that you really notice at like when you're over here because you just feel like every time you order something, like it's just, it feels like an appropriate amount for yeah. a meal. But when we went back to the States, it was shocking. It was shocking. I ordered a side of bacon and I got literally 12 pieces of bacon and I was like, this is a pound of bacon. You just gave me a pound of bacon. I This is too much. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And I think about the amount of times that we would go out to eat and I would be so stuffed and yeah. full. That doesn't really happen here. No, it, it it's it's very different. I think the quality of food as well. True. And so it's like portion and quality. And this is all over Europe, not just Portugal. Uh, we saw this the entire year we were traveling last year. You just leave every meal not feeling as full as when you leave meals in the U.S. Yeah, and that extends also to not just portion sizes, but packaging sizes. Yes. So here in Portugal, the funniest thing to me is that you almost always have like a mini size of everything. So like, which if, is like the standard size. Which which is the standard size. Yeah. yeah. So like a Coca Cola, 
that you buy in a store, like a 12 pack of Coca-Cola, it's the size of, wait, it's pro- probably yeah. four inches tall. Yeah. You've probably seen them and you've bought them as like a joke. A joke. Yeah. yeah. It's a mini Coke, but like that's the, the serving that's, size. Yeah. Or um, like Oreos is a perfect example. Yes. You get four sleeves of Oreos in, in America as yeah. the standard size. Yeah. Three or four. I can't remember. I think it's four. Here, they only sell the one sleeve. It's just one. <laughs> it's one sleeve. Yeah. And we get it sometimes and we just go, okay, this will last us for three weeks because we'll have one Oreo after dinner. And that just seems normal to us. As the snacker in our house, I am the professional snacker of our home. I love snacks. I love Cheez-Its. I love goldfish. I love Oreos. I love all of these things. I remember buying the like gallon tub of goldfish and like having it all the time. And I think about it now when I want some crackers and I go to the store and like the laughable amount of crackers that come in a box is hilarious to me. But then I'm like, yeah, I probably should not eat that many goldfish, like I just know. in general. And that is one area where I really do see some of the health challenges that the United States has, yeah. where I just feel like the options are actually setting you at a disadvantage, Absolutely. right? And you don't even know that until you just go, well, of course, like Oreos come in four sleeves. Like, yeah. obviously I'm going to get, that's just the way it is. Until you see something different, you go, oh, actually by just buying one sleeve, that is allowing me to make healthier choices where there's nothing wrong with having processed food every once in a while. Like we all need balance in our lives, but we know it's not the best for our health. And so why not set yourself up for, you know, making healthier choices most of the time. And I just find that the way that things are set up here are more conducive to making better choices. I would say that, uh, Carlsbad, where we lived in San Diego, mm-hmm. it's like a fairly small beach town. It's mm-hmm. not a huge beach town. How many fast food places do you think we had in Carlsbad? Oh, dozens. Uh, 15, 20? Yeah. How many do we have in Lodinia? One. Burger King. <laughs> They've been flame grilling since whatever the Burger date says on the King side. Burger King has the monopoly That's on it. a drive through That's it. It is the only the drive through only drive through It is the only fast food restaurant around here. And it's never, you know, like in America where you pass by at lunchtime, oh, a drive through and there's a line out the thing. There's never a line there. I dropped you off yesterday to for your hair uh, appointment. Uh-huh. And I went through that area. The town is very small. And it was 12 o'clock. And not a single car was in the parking lot. Yep. And I was like, this is so wild. Now, granted, they do eat lunch a little bit later True. here. So I think they Maybe will you be missed there. the rush. But yeah, it's very funny. That's uh, just random differences for food. Yeah. Okay, moving on to, we already kind of touched on this, so we can skip over this one. But we said just not a million options for everything. That also extends to food, like in the grocery store. I think I told you when we went back for my girls trip at the end of last year and I was buying groceries for everyone and I wanted to get gluten-free crackers and I was like, oh, I'll just grab the gluten-free crackers that they have because we have one option here. And I had to choose between 10 brands of gluten-free crackers. I'm like, it's not even regular crackers. It's gluten-free crackers. And just the the decision fatigue, I think, is something that also is invisible in the States that maybe you don't realize of like because there's just so many options for everything – I just feel like it's hard to make decisions here. It's just like, yeah, you got one brand of gluten-free crackers, get them. Yeah. I mean, this, this would actually be kind of in the con category for me because I'm a bigger person who has a, a bigger body, but B gigantic feet. Mm-hmm. I cannot buy shoes in Portugal. Well, that's true. Yeah, so like, that's, that's a, a difficult thing for me. Now, that being said, there is Nike, uh, you know, online so I can buy and I have purchased shoes from Nike, but like, I've never been able to go into a store and try on shoes. That hasn't happened since I was like 16 years old, but tons of options in the u.s for tons of stores that have size 15 and i actually wear size 16 um but in europe it's like 
two stores. And I remember, remember we met that guy who was tall like me and he was like, where do you buy shoes? And I was like, oh, like here are the two stores that I found that have shoes in my size. He's like, okay, yeah, that's all I have. So yeah, most people listening to this are not going to have that problem, but just sharing that it is, you know, a little bit of a thing. A hurdle. Yep. The next one is just waiting times. So we already touched on deliveries. Like you just, the convenience that exists in the States is not really a yeah. thing here. Next day shipping does exist in Portugal and sometimes things do come next day, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. And so most you, of the time they don't. You kind of have to just like, I have gotten into the frame of mind where everything I order, I assume it's going to take a week. Mm-hmm. And if it shows up earlier than that, it's great. One time I ordered coffee from a coffee shop that very consistently delivered it in like two to three days. It took two and a half weeks. And I finally sent them an email because I thought they forgot that I ordered it. And they wrote back and they're like, oh, sorry, we've just been on vacation. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, great for you. Again, like I want a slower pace of life for myself. So I am I should appreciate that when other people take it Exactly. Slower. Or like, um, you know, the, the kind of like DoorDash equivalent here is called Glovo. Yeah. And there's like so many less options there because it's just like convenient. Like food to your doorstep is not really a thing, you know? Not even less options. There's one driver. <laughs> Yeah, for that, our area. that is a small town thing, though, because yeah. I remember in Lisbon, there were more options. Yes. Um, so that's like city life versus more not country life, but no, no, just like rural. Life. Yeah. Um, but things like Jason was just saying about people being on vacation. So you'll find that with bureaucracy. You'll also find like, listen, if it's Friday afternoon, like after lunch, like you just you're not going to hear back from the person until the next week. And that's okay. And that the difference there though, is you might have that situation. But like when I was buying the car, the, the salesman that I was in contact with and was talking to for literally nine months at 8 PM, he would write me back. Yeah. And so some Portuguese work late hours and we'll do that. So it's like, it's just a very different thing. Like some I think people that particularly is just a sales role though. Uh, very much could be because for sure. I think in general, like if you're like, remember when we took a tour of the school Yeah. and she was like, okay, I'll email you. And it's like, you know, it was on a Thursday or a Friday and it's like, you don't get the email until the next Monday. Yeah. And that's just fine. Like yeah, that's absolutely. not, it's just like the immediacy. I don't think is quite as much because you just, people recognize that people are out living, not just working. Yeah. Um, but, but I do find that like, I don't know, I think it is an extremely like hard working culture. It's just, there's balance there. Yeah. And also like our favorite restaurant, um, we had a friend in town and we really wanted to take him there. And so I called to make a reservation. They were like, yeah, we're just taking off for winter, um, vacation break, for two yeah. weeks or winter break or whatever. So you get a lot of that. Um, yeah, I think the other big difference is that, and again, this is, we live in a small town. So I think in Lisbon, this would feel a little bit different is that nothing feels fast. Right. So nothing feels like people are in a hurry. Nothing feels like you're trying to get through line as quickly as possible people to get to the next person. People do not feel in a hurry. Yeah. And I, I think this is, it's also just European culture. I mean, we saw this in a lot of places. Again, in big cities, I think things move faster just naturally. But in a lot of the smaller cities that we visited last year, we saw this as well. It's just, yeah, if if you're going to have dinner, that's your table for the entire night. Right. They are not trying to get you out of the restaurant fast at all. It is all. just the culture that like, when you book that table, that's your table for the entire night. And if you want to leave one hour after you got there, they look at you weird. They're like, what? Yeah. I don't understand. Why are Which you not staying? I think goes back to the benefit of less people, yeah. right? Because it's like less people times a less consumer or capitalistic culture yeah. is going to equal, you know, you're not trying to turn over tables so fast. Now, I will say what? one frustrating part of that for me, as much as I fight my efficiency brain, I do like to just get my bill and leave at a yeah. certain time. And so I- sometimes I'm like can I have the check? And then like seven minutes go by and I'm like, I would still like the check. Uh, I would like to leave. 
uh, that's just more of like an all-around restaurant. Which is just, we have found all you have to do is go yeah. up to the register and ask for the check and that, that's fine. Or if you just leave and then they'll chase after you. Yeah, like, it's hey, more you on pay? your schedule than theirs. Um, oh, what I was going to say is I don't think we have this anywhere, but the ticket system. Yeah, This I is think... something that I do feel like the United States could stand to, to yeah. uh, bring over. So anywhere that you're going where you need to wait, basically a place where you would go to wait in line in the United States, a post office, a doctor's office, a bank, pharmacy, a pharmacy, anywhere where you like need to be helped by a person, immediately when you walk in, there is a ticket and you just grab a ticket and then they call your number when it's your turn, which means you don't have the stress of like waiting in a line or someone butting in front of you which in line. Which line do I get in? Am I in the right line? Am I in the and right yeah. line? But no, it's just a ticket system. And I'm like, this makes so much sense. Yeah. And I think it does exist in some places in the US, but there are plenty of places where it doesn't. And I think that a very simple one, like I used to always run into this was like the UPS store where you're like, first of all, these businesses are not organized well, wherever the counter is. There's like three of you mm -hmm. working. I don't know who's in line. I don't know what's going on. Step in front of someone. Hey, I was in it. You're like, okay, I, I'm just trying to, I just want to ship this package to my mom. You know, it's all yeah, I remember actually growing up the Publix by our house, the butcher at the Publix had the ticket. Yeah. The system. little old school paper ones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the tickets here are paper. Most of them aren't. Most of them are the no, little I know they're, they're, LED. I know that, they're a little yeah. electronic kiosk, but they give you a piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, yeah. But, but I'm saying oh, you're the, talking about the little roll. I'm doing the red one that everyone who yeah, has yeah, seen yeah. those knows. It's like the little like number 67 yeah. when you rip it off. Um, But it's funny because I remember that. But then I maybe some grocery stores and butchers at the grocery store still do that. But remember like the um, Fresh Market um, near where we lived in yeah. Florida? They didn't have one. No, no. It and was it a free-for-all. It was a free-for-all. And it was stressful. Like, oh, is it my turn? Is it this person's Also, turn? there's not a natural place to line up. Exactly. So you just are sort of like... Yeah, it's a little bit of a like mess. like being at a bar. Ticket being system. Like, Can I have a beer? Yeah, get up on the ticket system. So, and then... Okay, so the last thing that I think is the biggest difference from the U.S. that I think anyone... Is probably the first thing people notice when they come here is I wrote down no Disney shine. Yeah. And what I mean by that is I think in the States you're used to like perfectly manicured lawns or um pressure washed yeah. houses or you know perfectly swept sidewalks or like everything feels more um manicured on the outside and I have just found that that's just not something that the Portuguese are particularly worried about so it's like yeah like you'll see things aren't pressure washed and old you know rubble exists because like Jason said you know it's been here for a thousand it's been years. here for a thousand yeah. years or there's fencing that isn't the most attractive or like things like that, but they just don't care. Yeah. The way I think about this too, I shifted my mindset on of like, oh, like that looks unsafe. It's like, no, that's old. So right. like it, I'm used to seeing like, you know, like a, a building that's like crumbling down. I'm like, oh, that's going to be un an unsafe Because area. in America where that is something that is, is cared about, if you see something like that, like a crumbling thing, you imagine no one has put care or thought into this. Which means that maybe this area is more like neglected, which right. means you just you make all these assumptions in your mind that that means it's going to be more unsafe, which may or may not be true. That's right. total bias. But here you definitely it, it's that's not it's the just case. old. It's just old. It's just old. It's just old. Yeah. And we didn't mention it, but yeah, it's definitely, you know, safety is a, a big thing, which we'll get to in our pros and cons. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it takes some getting used to when you see the buildings aren't perfectly cleaned and manicured and you just go, but why do they need to be? You know, mm -hmm. like, is that business still a good business? Is that restaurant still good? Even though the business, the, the building exterior isn't perfectly cleaned. Exactly. It's just a, a big difference that you kind of have to get used to. Definitely. 
All right, um, let's go over our biggest pros and cons. Those were all of our categories. So we can round it out here with maybe some rapid fire pros and cons. You want to yeah, do that? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Okay. Uh, so I'll start with just adventure. Yeah. So a big pro, we'll go pros first here. Um, this is the exact same reason when people asked us why we moved from California or from Florida to California in 2015. It was just adventure. We wanted a new thing in life to do and to try. That's the same reason we moved to Portugal and it has, you know, proven to be one of the best decisions we've ever made. Yeah. I'm not, I realized pretty quickly that a life with you, I'm never going to be bored. Accelerator. Let's go. Another huge pro for me is safety. Yeah. Because. This is a pro for me, by the way. No, I know. But it's just. Not as much. You don't think about it maybe as much as I do, but just, you know, the fact that shootings are not really a thing yeah. the fact that um just in general crime especially in our area is virtually non-existent yeah like kidnappings serial killers all of those kind of awful terrible things you just have less of it here yeah. so that to me it gives me a lot of peace of mind especially as we think about having kids and sending them to school and not having to worry about something happening yeah. of course you can't prevent everything in life and that's not to say that anywhere is perfectly safe but Compared to some of the things I feel like you have to worry about in the States, yeah. it's a big difference. A uh, big pro would be the cultural diversity. So yeah. just like we're getting immersed in a whole different culture that we've never And not just this culture, exactly. but the culture of a lot of our neighbors are different. And we get to ask them things. And what's it like, you know, where you grew up in Belgium and where you grew up in India and yeah. where you grew up in like all these different countries is very, I personally, well, both of us get so much um, value out of that and yeah. expanding our worldview. It's like we lived in Florida. Like, what's it like growing up in Georgia? What's it like growing up yeah. in Florida? Because you're from Florida. Okay, yeah. So we're cool, just basically cool. like all from the same place. Yeah, I like that. Um, just the peacefulness. Another pro is just uh, overall peacefulness that goes along with like the space and the solar pace of life and the nature is just incredible. Yeah. Um, we don't even have it on here, but I would say like the helpfulness of the people. Pretty much every person that I we have that. It's one of my favorite parts of Portugal. So I think oh, I... Oh, something about yeah, it. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. So let's save that. So let's go with cost of living as our last pro to chat about. And this was not necessarily a reason why we moved here. Uh, it was not something that we were striving to do, which was to save money. But it is something that has helped. Um, and I think one of the things to mention is that anytime you're going to move, especially to a different country, but even across the country like we did before, there's a lot to to be said for the amount of things that you're going to have to buy to like make a house a home, to get yourself set up with all those things and um one of the things i wanted so to you're mention, saying even though you're you may be saving money you're also going to have to spend money in the move as no well. matter what whether you're moving to exactly. a country or moving to a different state just like, want to clarify what you're yeah, saying thank you so much uh no one knew what i was saying so that's okay <laughs> um uh, if you didn't listen to our selling all of our stuff episode and like getting ready to go and travel for a year uh, we made about seventy five hundred dollars selling everything in our home that we had before and i would say that it probably cost us about that amount to put things back into our new home, even though the place that we're renting came furnished. So we would have had to spend more money on like the bigger furniture beds and couches, but we did still have to buy a TV and like a lot of odds and ends, desks and outdoor sofa. Yeah. Like, obviously it's not all like necessities. Like I brought a workout bike, you know, yeah. things like that. Yeah. But, but that it, is what we spent. Yeah. Just, I think it's helpful to share. Like if you're going to do a move like this, there are going to be initial costs that are, you know, can be cost prohibitive and you just have to think about how to make that work. And so for us, selling all of our stuff was really helpful because it just gave us the money to buy new things. And of course, if you're moving your things across the country, that's a whole different expense of right. shipping it, et cetera. Let's go over a couple categories where we are saving money living here. And I just thought it would be fun. Yeah. To... And again, I just want to caveat it. I do not think that it's a good reason 
like the only reason to move here is the cost of living. Yeah, absolutely. And, and like again, I don't it kind of bothers me when people talk about it like that. Like I get it and things are expensive in this world, but there's so much more that this country has to offer than yeah, just, just a low cost money. of living. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so we save about twenty five percent uh every month on our rent and we have a place that's about two times bigger than what we had before and way more modern. Yeah. Which is incredible. Uh, for utilities, we spend about 50% less every single month on our utilities. Uh, and I would say that we ran the air conditioner a fair amount this summer when it was in a hot month and never really saw the bill go up. When we would do this in California, the bill would be like four times higher. Which also, is we are comparing because we track all of our finances. We are you, These percentages are based on the average from 2020 and 2021. Yeah. So I don't even know how much it's gone up in two years, but right. we all know with US inflation. things have gone yeah. up. So you know, we're comparing 2023 Portugal to 2020 and 2021 yeah. U.S. Uh, food. So it's about 25% less in overall spend for us. We still do our prepared meals here, which is something we've done forever. Um, and this could always be so much cheaper. I mean, you could... Yeah, we spend a lot on food. Yeah, you could not eat out very much. You could go to the grocery store. Um, you would save a ton of money. You could also do that in the U.S. Like, I think they're very comparable, but I do believe it's about 25% less. For healthcare, I mean, this is the absolute humongous savings. We spend 90% less uh, just on our insurance. So we've talked about it multiple times uh, on the podcast, but our insurance is $1,500 for the year for both of us to be covered with basically the exact same coverage that we had in the US that would cost us $1,500 per month. So it is a huge savings. I also mentioned the difference in like just my MRI. 65, call it dollars, versus 1800 Or when I went to the Farmacia and bought an inhaler, and I could literally buy it over the counter for 350 That's three euros and 50 cents, which was incredible. And then, yeah, I just wanted to mention, like, buying a car here. I would say that buying a used car in Portugal is probably a little bit more expensive. Um, that is something that we knew when we moved here. Our cost was kind of identical just because of the kind of car that we bought. But the insurance was 30% less. Mm -hmm. And a huge thing that I love that we found out that we didn't know, there's no yearly registration where you have to like pay a fee every single year to like keep a little tag on your license plate. The car is just registered to you when you buy it. And then when you sell it, the registration transfers and you don't have to do anything. And is the car thing because they don't manufacture cars here? Exactly. They have to import all the cars, so they have to pay that fee. Got it. So, yeah. Uh, cool. So those are our pros. You want to talk about our cons? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest cons are just the logistics of moving countries is a lot yeah. and you have to know that going into it it's choosing hard but is it worth that for what you get on the other side of it so you yeah. have that's what I mean about like you have to know that what you're getting is not just for like oh I'm going to save a few bucks it's like no like I want adventure I want a cultural experience I'm choosing some to make my life a little bit harder for all of these positives um and one pro tip there that really helped yeah. us was when we were going through all the logistics and admin things we just had a phrase which was donkey kong country that we would just say to each other just to be like okay this is a, this is a game this is a game like we're gonna treat this like a game uh i'm diddy kong you're donkey kong yep. we're gonna be throwing barrels we're gonna be collecting bananas our level today is the d7 visa application and we are gonna go into this as a game and like every time it starts to get a little bit difficult hey 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 hey, 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 hey. donkey kong country we literally do reset. this like let's just re like it does not have to be the stressful it is stressful but it doesn't have to be at this level let's go collect some bananas and some balloons and like it'll be okay yeah so that's our if you're wondering what our safe word is for when we get a little bit too stressed out it's donkey kong or country. a little bit too sexy that's right okay um I think a con is, yeah, the the feeling of isolation that you can get sometimes. As a like foreigner living yeah, in a different you're just, country. You are yeah. a fish out of water. And there are times when, like, 
I go to my local salon and I mean, now I use it as a learning opportunity because I just listen to the women there talking in Portuguese. Mm -hmm. And so I use it as like a learning opportunity. But there are times where you're like, I'd like to just chat with everybody. I'd like to be a part of this conversation. I can't yet. So you have a couple of those moments. I would say it's, you know, because of the community and because of the language, like I don't, I have far fewer of those moments than I thought I would. Yeah. But it's like our first week when we were here and we went to that Ikea and we, I couldn't find the restaurant on the map <laughs> and we found ourselves in this like local Portuguese restaurant and nobody spoke English and I didn't know how to order. And I felt, and I cried. Yeah. I cried because that was that feeling of, Oh my gosh, I'm so out of my depth. That's probably the only time I've felt that drastically yeah. like that. But, um, I think it's to be expected that that's going to happen. And then of course, just, I think a con is you do have less access to your comforts. So, you know, we use VPNs, like watch our shows and stuff, but even that sometimes doesn't work. So I just, you can't watch the shows that you want to watch your favorite things when you, um, you can't shop your favorite brands or like I've had to get all new, like shampoo brands and makeup brands. And there's some trial and error with that. And that can be frustrating sometimes because I don't want to waste money, but I have all my favorite brands that I've worked so many years of like discovering back in the states and i can't have those and it's just little stuff like that where you just you don't have your comforts yeah i mean as the again professional snacker in our home i miss cheez it's greatly i love cheez it's uh but i'm also not i don't miss them so much that i wouldn't live here like i'm okay to give up my salty savory snacks that just made me so excited to buy bagel chips bagel chips we yeah we are going back to the u.s Uh, as of this episode going up we will be flying back that day to be in the u.s for three weeks and we are going to stock up on a couple of our favorite things we have like a u.s bucket list we have been talking there's a lot less on it than we thought like i thought it was going to be like a suitcase full of things it's really not it's really not so okay rapid fire here to wrap this episode up what was more difficult about the move than we were expecting And I think we both agree, not that much. You know, I think the process of getting our residency card was about as difficult as we thought it was going to be. It was going to take as long as we thought. You just kind of commit to that. Um, uh, I would say getting approved for the auto loan was definitely probably the hardest thing that I thought was going to be a lot easier. Right. And that's because we're a foreigner. We don't have credit in this country. We only have a bank account with some money in it. That doesn't mean anything to a loan, um, you know, someone who wants to give you a loan. So uh, I did learn a lesson about this. If you are going to move specifically to Portugal, this might apply to other countries as well. Start putting monthly deposits into your new bank account in that country of however much you can do that feels good. Um, It will start to show that you have income coming in consistently. This helps them approve a loan quicker. The guy at the dealership told me if we would just had three months of consistent deposits, they would have approved us for a loan on the spot. Yeah. It would have been fine. So, you know, those are types of things you may not think about. Maybe you don't need an auto loan. Maybe you're just going to come to a country and buy a car or just rent a car like we did for a year. Um, that's totally fine too. But that is one thing that was way more difficult than I expected. The last thing for me is actually the time change and connecting with friends in real time. So the time change like in an async way doesn't bother me at all in fact it's quite nice to wake up and feel like you get like five hours before anyone bothers you before anyone bothers (laughs) you which is great before emails start coming in and things like that but for example like with my family it's hard to get on facetime when my end of the day is their middle of the work day Mm -hmm. um or like my girlfriends we can't do a big zoom call because if it's after their work day i'm staying up till 10 30 11 and we should have for a while so that's like my bedtime um so it's like little things like that but the you know you just do more async communication and marco polo has been a good app for that um if you haven't heard of that app but it's just basically like little you know videos videos, that you record messages back and forth 
So, yeah. Okay. Let's talk about what was less difficult about the move than we were expecting. I'd say making friends. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, moving into this little community was really, really helpful for that. Uh, it just like immediately put us in some some great situations where we could meet people. And again, like a weekly hangout fills up our friend bucket pretty full. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's other, other people we want to meet, obviously, and we're happy to keep going to different areas of Portugal and meeting new people. But um, it's really nice. One thing I wrote here was picking up on like customs and things like the ticket. Mm. The grabbing a ticket thing or like how parking works or tolls or like just the little thing inner workings of like existing in a country that you kind of take for granted I thought that would be more confusing we'd have to pick it up but I think traveling for a year throughout Europe kind of helped because yeah we were always big we were always figuring out okay how do the tolls work here or how does the parking work here or those things and so and you know once you do it a few times like going to the bank for the first time where we were sort of using the ticket. I was like, how does this work? Yeah. And what do you do? But you just figure it out. Like going to the grocery store. How does the checkout work? You do it a couple of times and then you're like, saku. Yeah. Yeah. We would get asked in the grocery store. They would say something really quick in Portuguese, but it would always end in saku, which, which is, is the bag. bag. So I was like, oh, they're asking me if I need to buy a bag or if I have my own bag. See. And I was like, but I didn't understand that for the longest time. I was like, I don't know what they're asking. And then the, I would just start the, the, piling my stuff in the thing. So that was funny. Yeah. So that was less difficult. And then... I think the healthcare was like a big, scary hurdle to me. And boy, has that just gone better than I thought. And shout out to Serenity. You know, if you move to a country, whether it's Portugal or, or some other country, see if you can find some type of medical concierge. And again, ours is so affordable. Like I am just blown away by, you know, how affordable it is to use and how helpful it is to have someone you can message at any moment. This is just like if I was going to move to a new country and, you know, it would be something I would save for immediately. Just be like, how could I find someone that I will save up? whatever it takes to have help because it is very daunting and it is a little bit scary to be like, Oh, I don't know what the, and your health is the most important like. thing yeah. you have. So, yeah. All right. Let's end this episode with our just overall favorite things about living here after a year. Yeah. And then we'll end the episode by stating like what our 2024 goals are for kind of living in Portugal. Yeah. I, I think the, the warmth and welcome like nature of the people here is very abundant and clear. And you just find that, people want to chat, you know, we found this in Ireland too. Like mm -hmm. you'll get stuck in a conversation for 15 minutes. And you're like, I don't know how I got here. I don't know how we're talking about this, but it is lovely. And I'm happy to be doing it. I think it. this is also a thing about where we were talking about. It's more patient here. I find yeah. in the States. So the people are welcoming plus they are patient. So I just find myself having positive interactions with strangers all the time. And you know, that could also be a little bit of you're looking for that because you're you're feeling like a fish out of water so maybe you pay attention to it more yeah i bet in the states i had just as many positive interactions but for me personally portugal the people here are just so warm and welcoming yeah. as a culture yeah i mean even like our portuguese teacher is like if you ever need to if you're in a situation just call me on whatsapp and i will help translate and we're <laughs> like this is amazing like what a lovely thing to offer uh, you wrote down here all the mundane parts of life. This is, I don't know like if this is Portugal specific, but I just think one of the major favorite things of making a big life change like this in a leap is, you know, I'm getting to my middle thirties now nice. and I feel like I'm at that stage in life where you've been about an adult for a while. And I, I see how people could very easily get an itch of like, life is feeling mundane. Life is starting to feel like just a cycle of the same day over and over again. And I think by switching it up so drastically, it makes me have just this excitement for life where even the smallest things, going to the grocery store feel, still feels exciting. You know, going to a bank still feels exciting because it's a challenge and it's something new. And 
my brain particularly really likes novelty. So I just think, yeah, that's a positive for me. I'll tell you, it's a adventure for me. Every time I go to the grocery store, are they going to have lemon poppy seed muffins? It's like a roller coaster ride every single time. And sometimes I go and the roller coaster is out of commission. They yeah. don't have them. Sometimes they do though. And boy, I feel like I won the lottery. Yep. The muffin lottery. The muffin lottery. Uh, another favorite part is definitely the kind of like space and nature yeah. of Portugal. You know, as we mentioned, 10 million people live here. I mean, I think the majority of those people live in Lisbon, the Algarve, and in Porto, which is kind of like the north, the middle, and the south, the bigger areas. And so for our area that we chose here on the Silver Coast, it does not feel like houses are stacked on top of each other. It does not feel like you're, you know, bumping into people all the time and there's lots of traffic on the roads. Like mm -hmm. it feels like there's a lot of open space. And, and obviously we live by the ocean. So just like seeing the ocean is so beautiful every day. And you just see lots of farmland. You see vineyards. There's a lot of protected agricultural land. So much land. protected yeah. agricultural. Um, it's very, our area is actually very agricultural. Um, so you, yeah, like I said, you see farms, you see vineyards, you see valleys, you see these like cliffs that look like dinosaurs roamed and they did, And they did. you see forests. I just love the nature here and it's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. And then I think the last thing that uh, we had on the list here was just the safety and the peace of mind. Yeah. And this, this for me, you know, when our friend was visiting here and we were kind of showing him everything, I was just like, I wish I could very easily explain to you how much less overall stress about just everything I feel living here. Completely. Like, I mean, I, I don't, don't ever worry about anything. I don't think that it is a coincidence that I am the least anxious I've ever been in my entire life. I know some of that is just a natural part of like healing my anxiety and making intentional choices for that. And then also a year of travel, which really took me out of my comfort zone, I think helped a lot. But ending that journey by living in a place that just these natural stressors are much lower. It just makes me so happy. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about looking forward in 2024. What are our intentions for deepening our love of this little country? Well, I wrote language goals question mark because I wanted to ask you. Yeah. Knowing where we are in our language journey. You're you're trying to be an accelerator here. And I'm trying to be a break for no, one no, of the no, first I'm times not. in our relationship. No, I'm not. You're like, I think I should probably double up my lessons and I should do this and that. I just want to keep going week by week. Okay. No. I want to not have homework. I want to watch shows in Portuguese. Uh, I want to continue trying to have conversations in Portuguese, but I am not trying to like... You're happy with the pace. I love the pace. Great. I just meant goal by like, you kind of said by the end of this year, if you could... Have, think, a, have a conversation in a cafe yes. and like order a coffee. Yes. And I feel like I could do that. Yes, you could. I don't feel, and again, this is the problem though, is like when you can say a sentence that's maybe not like just like you know, uh, and like it stops there. But when you can say like, can I have a coffee? Um, and like, can I have a black coffee? And, and they're like, Oh, you speak Portuguese. And then they go, of course. and you're like, okay, I don't, this is all I had. This is all I was prepared I know, to bring but, to this. But I wanted to ask you if that was your benchmark for the end of this year, what do you think your benchmark will be for the end of next year? Language wise? I think for the end of next year, my goal would be that we could, I think the easiest way to um, quantify this is we could have an entire lesson in Portuguese with Anna. Yeah. Entire lesson. Completely. We may have to ask her to repeat. So diga, diga, like, sorry, like, can you repeat that? And um, even us talking to her as well. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I think that's a great is that goal. The mente? Is that the mental? Okay. okay. And then. Is, is that fine for your goals? Because I'm kind of just like hijacking no, the is. goals. Okay. That's my goal too. You we... can learn a whole separate language if you want. Just <laughs> don't bring me on board. No, I'm going to definitely at some point, I'm just going to leave you in the dust. But for now, yeah, I'm totally happy fine. to be equal footing. Also, like this is, I think this is a great part about a relationship. Like the admin tasks of our life. I think I kind of like leave you in the dust. Like I just, I take care of most of those things and it's perfectly fine. You still can speak the language of admin tasks yes, and I you can. can absolutely help. But 
I take not, on the bulk of it. I'm not a group leader. Exactly. I'm happy for you to be the more fluent Portuguese speaker in our relationship. And I have like 25% of what you have. I'm still, I'm still able. Yeah. I can I, still hang, I but think, like, I'm not keeping up. You no, know? I think that's just smart of it's called playing to your strengths. Exactly. I feel like in our relationship, how we work is like whoever is most passionate about that thing or most gifted in that thing, it just makes sense for them to take the lead. And also if they don't mind doing it, like yeah. I don't mind doing the majority of the admin tasks yeah, exactly. because I'm just happy to be like, great, this is like little check boxes for my brain and I'm happy to do it. And I like taking the lead on the language because it adds value to my life. Wonderful. Like so I think a goal for me would be to also now pepper in next year. I would like to learn more Portuguese history. Yeah. I would like to learn more Portuguese politics. I'm actually fine if you want to put together a keynote of what you learn, but like fun with like little animations and put it on the big screen and you could like teach Do a class. Like a, I'll show up. A, uh, like a book report? Yeah. Okay. I'll show up. But it's got to be fun though. I could be into that. Okay. Um, and then be braver in trying Portuguese food. Yeah. We definitely do want to both do that. And, and I think- Now we're ready. Yeah. This is, again, it's not a knock on the Portuguese cuisine. Again, I liken it to my analogy of barbecue in mm -hmm. the South and the States. Like, sometimes it's just not going to be for you. And mm -hmm. so, like, a fish-heavy cuisine or, you know, a meat-heavy cuisine. A pulpo. Yeah, mm. Octopus. Uh, you know, we're going to try. And we definitely want to try some of the more, like, traditional dishes, too. But also, like, there is just some reality to, like, you know, like, we just don't like those types of foods, right. you know? It's like someone who doesn't like pasta. Like, they're going to go to Italy and be like, this isn't that do you great. Know, do you, no, this, it doesn't exist. Yeah, I brought it up. Exist. <laughs> it doesn't exist. <laughs> doesn't exist. And then finally, potentially traveling more within the country. Like, yeah. maybe go to the Azores. Maybe go to Madeira. The islands, Yeah. Yeah, um, I think we definitely want to get up to see Porto. Uh, we want to see kind of areas in between. I would love to get back to the Douro Valley, which was the wine region. So beautiful. Um, yeah, there's lots of areas uh, in Portugal that we want to visit. And so I think next year it's just about making the intention that that's going to be part of our year. This year was just let's do everything on as easy mode as possible because yeah. it is hard to live in a new country. Great, we did that. Next year we can pepper in some travel. Yeah. Woo! Okay, wow, wow, we are wow. not going to have a Calm Business Confidential this episode because we went very long, yeah. but we hope it was interesting. I mean, we like sharing our journey. This was a big life change for us, but yeah. man, is it just something that we are so grateful that we took the leap on because our lives are different because of it and happier because of it. And I just feel grateful that this place exists. I feel grateful we found this neighborhood. Yeah. I feel grateful that uh, we've had as easy a transition as I think possible. Absolutely. And and I think for anybody who's listening to this, whether it's Portugal or it's just some other place, moving across your country, moving to a new country, moving halfway across the world, uh, I think that if you can make that decision in your life, you absolutely should. Nothing is permanent. You could always move back. You could always go back to your, your place where you grew up or whatever. But I think there is just something amazing to completely uprooting your life and going to a new place, especially where you don't know all the customs, you don't speak the language. Like it opens you up to a whole other world. And I think it breaks a lot of your habits that mm -hmm. maybe you don't feel were as healthy. And I think I speak for myself in this of just like, I was so efficiently minded and I was so like, everything has to get done the way that I wanted to get done. And, and I just, I didn't like the way that that was making me feel in all aspects of life i'm still like that let's be honest let's be honest but i do feel myself an overall less stress and pressure i have noticed a huge change from you in that regard yeah you're you still are always gonna have your things yeah of course as we all just do put things the places they're supposed to go you know what i'm saying <laughs> but i find that you are so much more patient i find that you are so much more present i find that you are 
just also very verbally um you verbalize your gratitude more so than you ever have. I think I have more of it. Yeah, true. <laughs> you know, I think that's I, I think that's also just like not that we weren't grateful for the things that we had in Southern California, but it's when you get used to them, you're less grateful for them. Yeah. Like we're we have a whole bunch of new experiences to be grateful for. And I'm sure we will get used to them here and it'll be the same time. And that's why we'll probably move in ten years because it's just for us, we like that change true. and we like that rhythm of life, you know, like getting renewed. Okay, let's wrap this sucker up. Anything else? That's it. I just am happy I moved here with you. And I am grateful that you are the accelerator because, you know, probably if it was just me, maybe I would never have gotten to the place. Probably, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I don't like giving you 100% of the credit. I know, but. I don't. I know, but. (laughs) But. I can't say it, man. (laughs) I know, but. Let's finish her out here. Okay, maybe when it comes. Uh, No, 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 maybe. (laughs) Come on, you can do it. I know it's hard. Like it hurts. I physically can't form my mouth around it. it. (laughs) Boca. That's mouth. Go ahead. Come on. If it wasn't for you, (laughs) I wouldn't have moved. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> you said a bitch at the end there. I don't think yeah. so, but I can't right. say for sure. That's enough. If you got all the way to the end of this, I bet you're happy that you uh, tune in for that. Okay, that's it. Goodbye. Bye.